Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there way out there turning the unknown into cures culture and connections with each step forward so pack a bag a notebook and some sandals and get ready to look far and think further uc san diego learn more at ucsd.edu Night football only on NFL Network. We're here for a battle between number one picks. Trevor Lawrence making his Jags primetime debut. Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And the Bengals defense, which is looking pretty good. We'll talk about it all in today's show with Jaguars Bengals. Week four starts right here. It's Thursday Night Football tomorrow. Or, yeah, tomorrow at, uh, on NFL Network and streaming on the NFL app. So excited about that. Live in New York City on this Wednesday, September 29th. My name's Kay Adams. Hi, Peter Schrager, Kyle Brandt, both here, and Super Bowl champion Golden Tate. What's, What's up, up, dude? What's up? His last show with us. I'm sad. Yeah? I'm so sad. Fourth quarter. I really enjoy being here. Mm-hmm. We've enjoyed having you. Um, have you experienced New York, New Jersey? Have you embraced it all since being here as a Nashville and West Coast guy? Uh, yeah, I played some pickleball yesterday. Oh, yeah? Nice. Three hours. Work somebody? Yeah, I was, yeah. License plate guy with Giants. Oh, really? Yeah. Is this a subliminal to um, the Packers, potentially? Like, hey, call me. I'm ready to go. Look, I'm ready. Yeah. Please. From your plaid shirt. I'm watching my phone. Yeah. Okay, to good. Matt LaFleur's ears. Yeah. This is our show. It's time for the lead block. Lead block. Let's do it. The Cowboys moved into first place in the NFC East after Monday night's win. That was over the Eagles, of course. Cowboys sitting in first place in the NFC East. Dak Prescott balled out in his first home game since that brutal leg injury that we all wish we could forget that happened last week, last season rather, in week five. Yesterday, Jerry, 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 Jerry Jones spoke about what he saw from Dak in week three. What? To turn around there last night and step out before that crowd, and uh, I actually believe he's playing better than he was uh, uh, before his injury. Yeah, Dak has always gotten better. He gets better every uh, film possession or ever uh, a meeting. He takes it to the practice field. He gets better there. I really believe he can say, I can say that he's gotten better every time he walks out there. 
It's nice to hear us. According to Mr. Jones, Dak keeps getting better. Well, on Sunday, the Cowboys welcome the undefeated Carolina Panthers to Dallas. Sam Darnold is their quarterback. Their defense is young, feisty, and crushing it, stifling two first-place teams going at it. Which team will we learn more about after week four and who you're more looking forward to seeing as you look at this matchup? KB? How about them Cowboys? Um, I think there's more lessons to be learned about the Carolina Panthers. I think there's bigger lessons to be learned about the Cowboys. Like the lesson of, like, is this a Super Bowl team? Like, is this team really, really special? The Cowboys also set up this week, interestingly, where, all right, so you beat Justin Herbert. You smashed the Eagles in prime time. If you lose to the Carolina McCaffreys without McCaffrey and you do it and go to 2-2, two and two, let down City. Let down. I think um, we have not seen in a long time a front-running Cowboys team. Like a big old juggernaut, bloated record, everything. Even in 2016, it was this sense of like, oh, they got a rookie quarterback, they'll get bounced in the playoffs, and they did. You'd have to really go back to like 2007 when they were a one seed with Romo and the Cabo trip. So we're talking 14 years to where this team, as Peter's pointed out, the record is really supple over the next couple of months. This could be a 9-1 team, could be 10-2 team. How do they handle this? How do they roll with this? Front runners, targets, is everything Jerry Jones has ever wanted and I'd also like to learn every single week, including this one, what's going on with Mike McCarthy? Is he a great coach here? Is he a very good coach? Did he ride first class on the Rogers Express for years? Because I got to say, considering he had a primetime division blowout against the Eagles, I don't think he came out great the other night. Certainly Twitter didn't think so. Peyton Manning basically crushed him on national television. Mike McCarthy, are you a passenger or are you a pilot? I don't know. We will learn more and more every week. But I think the stakes are bigger for Dallas because this could be the NFC representative in SoFi Stadium in February. They're that good. Yeah, and I, and I think we've been conditioned to expect the Cowboys to, to be in the thing. I don't think anyone expected the Panthers to be where they are right now. 3-0, and oh, and I look at their quarterback, Christian, uh, sorry, Sam Darnold. Everyone's talking about He's the about quarterback, too, Peter. He's the coach, too. McCaffrey's out. J.C. Horn is out, but this is a team that now has 10 days rest to prepare against mm. a team who played on Monday night and only has six days rest to prepare. Okay. Darnold has a chance to look at this defense, dissect it for more than two weeks here, and say, okay, I'm going to have my moment. Sam Darnold had very few good games as a New York Jet. Let's just be honest, uh-huh. very few. One of them was in 2019 on national TV. They played the Cowboys, and Sam Darnold balled out. Sam Darnold was awesome. This was one in Jersey. Nanson Romo on the call. Sam Darnold threw all over a Cowboys defense, and the Jets fans were elated. Like, we've got our guy. This is who it's going to be. We know him. He went 23 of 32 for 338 and had two touchdowns. Now, you say that, okay, well, it was a week six game. That team went nowhere that year. It just shows me that Darnold wasn't scared of that logo. Darnold wasn't scared of that uniform. Darnold wasn't scared of the moment on national TV. This is his first big moment in more than two years. We haven't talked about Sam Darnold on a national scale. It's the biggest game of his career. It might be. I think it is. He had a really good week one against Detroit as a rookie. Then he had yeah. this game here against the Cowboys. That's all I got on the Sam Darnold resume. This could be the biggest one. So, no McCaffrey. J.C. Horn is out. There are a lot of things that are going up against the Panthers right now. But you're a 3-0 team. No. You're going into that building. You've had 10 days to prepare. Sam Darnold, go have a day. And make this different than they're 3-0, but mm-hmm. you win this game, they're 4-0, and yeah. that's it. We're not talking but. And Cold, I think that's all about him. Mm-hmm. Colton, do you think, really quick before you do give your point, do you think younger players fear the logo, like the Cowboys? Do they look at the Cowboys the same way maybe the generation before them did? I don't think so. I never looked at them like the Troy Aikman days. Yeah. Di- um, a little different? It wasn't like a, oh, this is America's team vibe anymore. They have to get that back. They, they, uh, you see them as America's team, but that makes you want to beat them more. 
Like, yeah, because you know people are going to be watching. Is a Cowboys game different than a Jaguars game when you're facing the Cowboys, or is it every team is exactly the same? But when you're in that building, those lights? You're being taught that every team's the same. You know, you circle some games. And sure. You know, if I, hey, look, if I show up against Dallas, yeah, I'm a pretty good player. We're a pretty good team, you know? That's just how you think. So we'll see what happens. But I'm, I cannot wait to see how the Panthers' defense okay. yeah. is going to handle one of the top offenses right now, uh, specifically running the ball very, very well. That We're going to learn a lot there, I think. Uh-huh. So the Panthers are giving up like 2.5 a carry. Yeah. They're one of the top um, defenses in the league. Yeah. How are you going to contain all of Dallas's weapons? Mm-hmm. Zeke, Pollard, uh, Coop, CD. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what I'm going to be looking for. But look, they've been they've been showing up and showing out. So to go out in the Jerry's world mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and handle business, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, I mean the run de- run offenses that they faced haven't been as good as what the Cowboys are going to throw at them with that one-two punch with Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. So we're going to learn a lot about the defense, a lot about Sam Darnold, and you say like huge game for Sam, biggest game in his career. I think it's the biggest game since USC. Is this the biggest game for the Panthers in like the last five years? What is yeah. the bigger game for the Panthers than this one? That's a good like, call. It's bigger than Sam Darnold, isn't it? If they lose, I will say, and I, I, you know, we like to kind of talk about what this is going to mean. Shrakes, it's not, I don't think I can take it away from the Panthers if they fall to this team. Granted, they had more rest, but without Christian McCaffrey, would you look at them as less than if they win? Yeah, I guess I it'll depend. Yeah, you would. I would, because I'm talking about them as an elite team yeah. right now. And they're not keeping – if they're losing to the Cowboys, they're probably not going to go out and beat the Rams or the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Or they, but Missing they the their best player, though? Yeah, that's even better. It's yeah. like, yeah, okay, we're here, and this defense is for real. I, nothing against Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. Shutting down this offense is a very different story, and we'll see if they're up for the task. they got to have a night. We've talked about this, and we'll get to Ian. The Panthers, if you look at them, don't play a meaningful, sexy, sizzly game until, like, week 15. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about – we're not going to say for two months. For real, it's going to be – even if they win – they play the Bills, I think, week 16 or yeah. something. Until then, it's just a bunch of also-rans. I want Carolina to really make their mark. At GMFB, stay undefeated. Carolina Cowboys, what you got? That one, of course, on Sunday on Fox at 1 p.m. Eastern. We've got Thursday Night Football tomorrow. Ian Rappaport joining us right now with more jabs, bangles. We'll get to all of that. But we do not know who is going to be starting for the Bears this weekend. What is the latest in Chicago? Well, let's start with the Bears quarterback situation because it is really in flux, as you mentioned. Matt Nagy, I know, raised some eyebrows earlier in the week saying that it's not just is it going to be Justin Fields or Andy Dalton, but it's all three quarterbacks under consideration, and that includes former Super Bowl MVP and current third stringer Nick Foles, who had one of the best preseason press conferences we've ever seen talk about how he was dicing up the threes. We may actually see him on the field at some point this week. The Bears quarterback situation is this. You have Justin Fields coming off a tough start, also injured his hand a little bit. You have Andy Dalton dealing with a bone ruse, was like one to three weeks when he might return. Certainly makes it possible this week. And then you have Nick Foles. Perhaps we have a decision from Matt Nagy today. Good Morning Football is presented by Old Trapper. What's your beef? Let's now get to What's Your Beef, presented by our friends at Old Trafford. Each one of us throughout the season are going to give our beefs. Today, my beef is with all of us in the media. Oh, no. Me included. Self-beef. Who crowned these rookie quarterbacks back in April and expected each one to have great success right out of the gates. Guess what? The NFL is really, really hard. Mm. And whereas Mark Sanchez and Joe Flacco and Russell Wilson went to the playoffs as rookies, most first-year NFL starters do not and most really struggle out of the gates. 
Let's start with the first overall pick from this year who hadn't lost a regular season game since high school. Trevor Lawrence not only has lost his first three games as a pro, his team has lost mighty handedly. And it's not even really his fault. Lawrence is picking up the quarterback duties for a franchise that, guys, is in the middle of one of the worst stretches not only uh, currently, of NFL history. Talk about it. This is not spoken about. It's not enough for Trevor Lawrence to throw touchdowns and get things going. He now has to try to break this streak. This franchise is in the same conversation as the Yuccaneers right now and the 0-16 Lions. There is a burden there. He has an 18-game losing streak for this franchise. So, hey, save us. It's not so easy. This is not Clemson. Guess what? The number two overall pick is having no better luck. Zach Wilson may have some highlight throws and the ability to pull off a Mahomes-esque no-looker down the road sometime, but he has been an interception machine thus far this season through three games this year compared to his entire season last year at BYU. He's already doubled his interception total in three games. It won't get much better either. The Jets' schedule is really tough, and they aren't suddenly going to get hot. Not with that roster and not with that offense they're trotting out. Justin Fields had one of the worst rookie debuts of all time. And Mac Jones has been competent, but hardly a world beater. And guess what? Davis Mills got swallowed whole by that great Panthers defense. Here are all of your rookie quarterbacks, the starters, the ones that we raved about in April, in May, in June, in July, in August. 0-3, 0-3, 0-1, 1-2. My only win for Zach Wilson, 0-1. <laughs> this is shocking, right? And yet... It's not. These quarterbacks are not alone. Most rookie quarterbacks have struggled out of the gates. Peyton Manning went 3-13 and his first year. Mm-hmm. He threw more interception, interceptions and touchdowns that first season. Peyton was terrible his rookie year. But was he or was it a learning experience? Yeah. Troy Aikman, his team went 1-15. and He threw twice as many interceptions as touchdowns. 1-15. He was terrible that first year. They turned it around. Matt Stafford. We rave about Matt Stafford now. He's amazing, right? Matt Stafford was 2-8 his first season. And it didn't mean that Aikman or Manning or Stafford couldn't play football. It just means that the NFL is really hard. Mm -hmm. Like, really, really hard. And none of the six rookie quarterbacks who have taken a snap are stepping onto the field with teams that were as good as the Jets when Sanchez got there or as good as the Seahawks when Russell Wilson arrived. Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco, Andrew Luck, all those guys made the playoffs as rookies. They had superstars with them. They had Ray Lewis. They, they had Darrell Revis. They had Reggie Wayne. Mm-hmm. They had things. These guys, they might not yet. And it doesn't mean that Trevor Lawrence isn't going to the Hall of Fame someday, as many of us <laughs> predicted before April's draft, or that Zach Wilson can't turn this Jets franchise around. It just means that this NFL quarterback stuff, it's really tough. Like, really, really tough. And it's a collective effort of quarterback, players, coaches, owners, and getting those things going. So my beef is with all of us. Mm-hmm in the media for leading you fans onto thinking that this would go any other way with these rookie quarterbacks out of the gate. Remember this when in April next year Mm -hmm. or May this year, I'm on screen. You remember it. Are you going to remember it? And we're saying that this guy is a a once-in-a-generation quarterback. There are a lot of once-in-a-generation quarterbacks. Most of them struggle out of the gates. Guys. I think Kay and I are on the same page with your beef, Peter. Back in April, if we had said, you know, there's this great player coming out, Micah Parsons. You want to talk about the quarterbacks? No, 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 linebacker. That's yeah. stupid. Out of Pennsylvania. Talk Lawrence. That's you, my friend. You are the quarterback-obsessed one. And, um, I but think you're, it- the, you're the trot the rookie out there one. It's yeah. both of you. Oh, no. 
I'm the old granny that's like, I want the yeah. dude to sit with the clipboard on the sideline. I've been saying this for five years on this show. Are you two ready to join me on this side where you don't? Are you guys going to remember when this 2022 draft class comes out? They're no. like, let's be patient, Schrager. I'm looking at yeah, you. Yeah, no, okay, it's fair. And I'm going to give my, myself a little slap on the wrist here because I've done it time and time again. I get excited by all the draft stuff. Mm-hmm. And I get excited. By, and then you see when the bullets are flying and it's mm-hmm. a little different. Zach Wilson out there. He doesn't look lost. He looks like he's under siege. And you see there's a glimmer of something. He's got no shot out there. Mm-hmm. And it's because of what's around him. And it's because of the situation. It's going to take time. So, yes, I can hype these quarterbacks. We can hype these quarterbacks. We just have to realize it might not happen out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Does these rookies struggling, Kyle, does mm-hmm. that give more weight to the idea of letting them sit, letting them develop? No. Because there's, a, there's an overreaction coming now. Now everyone's saying, maybe this class is terrible. Maybe this class is overhyped. Um, there's a ton of guys, a ton, who started game one, quarter one, series one, and went on to be great despite struggling. 2014, Derek Carr started 0-10 as a starter, was getting destroyed. Terrible start. Everyone's ripping him apart. Worst draft pick ever. They don't have it. Now he is. He looks like an MVP candidate all these years later, and he's had a great career. There's a lot of examples that say, hold the line, everybody chill. After three games, no, I'm not panicking yet. Golden, what do you think? I, th- I think they just you give them time. Okay. They need time. Um, and, and I go back to when I was at the Seahawks. I mean, Russell came in and he was going to have time, but he just he beat, he beat out Matt Flynn. Mm-hmm. But we had a good defense. Mm-hmm. We had some good foundations. These teams don't have much right now. So mm-hmm. I'm all for g- giving time and letting them mature a little bit. Let them see the game from the sideline a little bit. Let mm-hmm. them all do that or let the ones with teams that have questionable personnel do that? How do you, like, is it by a case-by-case basis, in your opinion? Yeah, I think it has to be case-by-case. Yeah, case. I think mm-hmm. we need to be more like him where it's, like, in between. Oh, sure. Like, Trot him out there. And I'm like, absolutely put him in bubble tape. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I don't care that he's Patrick Mahomes and he's yeah. going to score 50 touchdowns. Put him in the back. It's like right. Trevor Lawrence, though. It's supposed to be the best quarterback ever. Great call. Right. So you drop him in, like, do something. The 3-13 and 13 that Peyton Manning did is fine, and that always comes up. Yeah. Uh, all right, so the Jaguars going to get Edwin James next year? Are they no. going to get Marvin Harrison? Because that's what it takes. That's why those Tories turn for Troy, too. It's not like they just got that much better. The teams yeah. helped them. Troy, they traded Herschel Walker for 11 picks. Got to do it. Things got, things got better. Yeah. Now you look at Andrew Locke, and Andrew Locke comes in. What was mm-hmm. that team the year before Andrew Locke comes in? It was post-Manning. It was really mm-hmm. bad. And yeah. then he came in, and he turned it around. So you're like, oh, this is what a guy can do on a bad team if they're good enough to turn. Like I think th- those were the expectations I had for Trevor yeah, Lawrence. Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, I'm disappointed in Trevor Lawrence. We got to we got to stop setting them up and the world up. Like as soon as they get drafted, like could he be this? Could he be that? Like, like it's hard. We have a television look, to do. We, we got to stop. When you're yeah, let it. <laughs> We're on a show in June. Yeah, we got to yeah. talk about something, and it's better that than. Eh, let's wait three years. Just when Spencer Rattler start, we start talking about Spencer him, Schrager, you need to just really cool it on Peter, it. next year, just be like, these guys are eh. Just do that. Just <laughs> yeah, go with a different year. character I the whole spring. That. right? These guys stink. Undersell, <laughs> over-deliver. When are we going to get to Arch Manning? we got about five years left to talk about Can him. Can talk about Arch? Let's talk about Arch now. Yes, I think he's going to Alabama. I think it goes further than the draft strikes. <laughs> it's just patience in general for these guys. All the guys you said, you look at... Lamar. Lamar, he's like 25 years old and we like indict him after like one or two Mm -hmm, seasons. He's mm -hmm. won an MVP. What are we doing here? Dak Prescott. We're like, he doesn't have it. He's injured. He's like 25 years old. Something Mm -hmm, like that. It's mm -hmm. unbelievable how young these quarterbacks Mm -hmm. are. Be patient on the QBs. All right. But when they're drafting these guys, these head coaches might not Uh, have time. They might not have time. I need something to happen. Like That's true. I need to find a way to stay around this organization. And look, sometimes, look, I'd rather you... 
just get on in there. <laughs> Do something. Hey, it's his, you know, it's his fault. So, look, a lot. It's, it's a lot. It but, is. Hey, look, we got to be a little bit patient. Mm-hmm. Let's be a little bit patient. Let's not say that any of them suck or they're not going to last in this league. Let's just... Give it a little time. He was sacked nine times, Kyle. That's how many touchdowns he's going to run for against the Lions this weekend. Let's go! go! I'm talking about Nick Foles, of course. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Mike Tomlin isn't hitting the panic button just yet, Steelers fans. But which team should be? We'll give you our picks next. This is Good Morning Football. Good job, Golden. Golden. That was awesome. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world. To bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. It is news time, people. I'm Will Salva. Welcome back to Good Morning Football. And remember back in 2019, Marlon Mack was seen as the running back of the future there in Indy as he was going off for more than 1,000 yards rushing plus eight touchdowns in 14 games. But now, now he's looking to run his way out of the Hoosier State. NFL Network's Tom Pelissero is reporting Mack and the Colts have mutually agreed to seek a trade. Mack is just five carries this season as he returns from a torn Achilles tendon suffered in week one of the 2020 season. He's currently third on the Colts' depth chart behind starter Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. 
Chiefs head coach Andy Reid returning to work Tuesday after a health scare briefly put him in the hospital following Sunday's loss to the Chargers. The team saying Reid is in great spirits. KC will return to the practice field today as they get set to take on Reid's former team, the Eagles, on Sunday. And the Steelers sitting at 1-2 and two after last Sunday's loss to the Bengals is the fifth time under Mike Tomlin they have started the season 1-2 and two or worse. The good news here is they have finished 500 or better in each of those previous seasons. But here comes the bad news. They've missed the playoffs each of those years. Well, despite that, Tomlin not throwing in the towel on the season just yet. Man, we're not going to push the panic button. What do I mean by the panic button? You know, we're not going to dramatically change who and what we are at this juncture. Um, we're not resistant to change for the purposes of getting better, but we're not going to be so unsteady that we move away from our compass, the identity that we worked hard to develop and will continue to work hard to develop and, and the emphasis on a style of play, whatever that may be in all three phases. Um, we will make necessary adjustments, whatever that may be, uh, born out of conversations and work and what we see in preparation. But that's the natural course of action that we go through each and every week. We would have that mentality and and take that approach if we had played well and won uh, because each week uh, presents a new challenge in the NFL. Of course, the Steelers are taking on the Packers, coming off that big win Sunday night against the 49ers. The good news for Steelers fans is they've won each of the last five meetings. And much like how Liam Neeson said in the Taken movies to his daughter, you don't have Mm -hmm. to worry, water is wet, honey. So either way, Mm. that is what we're looking at with the Steelers as they have revenge on their minds. They are trying to get their season straight. Yep, they're one and two. Tomlin's saying not panic. We just went from preaching patience on quarterbacks. So let's hit the panic button for teams that lose after week four. That's what we're doing right here at the breakfast table. And it is time. There are some teams that we're worried about. So let's do this. Which team are we ready to hit the panic button on, Shrakes, if they don't get a W? I think that the Dolphins have to beat the Colts at home. The Dolphins are now one and two. They had a really bad loss last week where they were up 14-0 early. And now the Colts come in wounded 0-3. No Quentin Nelson. You, you got to take care of business here. And I don't care if it's Tua or Brissett. Actually, Brissett played really well on Sunday in Las Vegas. Um, but all this talk about playoffs, all this talk about a 10-win team, all this talk about what the Dolphins are going to do to compete with the Bills and the AFCs, they've been blown out by the Bills. They lost a terrible one against the Raiders. That goodwill from week one's win in Foxborough mm-hmm. could be erased with a loss to the Colts. Mm-hmm. Don't go to one and three if you still want to play in this loaded AFC. Mm-mm. All right, so I'm a bit worried about my Seahawks. Mm. Um, they're in the toughest division in football, I think. At the bottom. Um, at the bottom. Um, they're going on the road to the 49ers, which is not going to be an easy task. They have to win this one mm-hmm. because we know that the Rams or Arizona is going to be 4-0 and 3-1. And, mm-hmm. and, if they beat, and if the 49ers beat the Seahawks, mm-hmm. you know, they're sitting at, what, 3-1. and And then you have the Seahawks sitting at the very, very bottom. So we need... The Seahawks to, to go and get a huge mm-hmm. road win this week, gain some momentum, because I'm only worried and I'm only hitting the panda button because of the division that yeah, sure. they're in. That's that's the only reason. Um, so, but I think they can do it. Let's go, Pete Carroll, Russ. Let's find out that halftime against the Titans. Everything seemed to change. We have not seen the team since then. They need it. Uh, I'm going to try to talk about the biggest, fattest, nastiest panic button of all, the big red one down in Kansas City. I am not pushing the panic button in the Chiefs right now. I'm not. 
If they lose to the Eagles this weekend, bam, I am pushing it. It is on. They will be 1-3, a last-place team that has lost four out of five games going back to last season. I got Big Fonted earlier this week. Big Fonted is when we take a quote and they put it on social media in, like, giant 72-point font. And it was me saying I'm legitimately concerned about the Chiefs. I held my breath and looked at the comments from all the Chiefs fans, and they're all like, yeah, duh. No kidding, there's legitimate concern. They were owning it. Uh, You're fine right now. It's okay. No one's panicking. If you lose to the Eagles, there's a real problem, and this is not one week. This is not two weeks. Now we have uh, a sort of recurring event here. You can't lose this game. You can't. Love it. I'll go back to your game. I should have gone right after you and saying the Colts, because you look at – I'm not Uh surprised the Colts started 0-3. They had one of the toughest schedules of any team going into it. They had the Seahawks. They had the Rams. They had the Titans. All games that they were in – until the very end, they've dealt with some injuries here. They have these little pockets of, like, juicy matchups. They have to capitalize if they want to get back into this playoff race and turn things around. It's Jacoby Brissett on the other side of the ball. You better pull out a win in this the one. Old guy. This is a huge game for the Colts. Do not do it. Take advantage of, the, of this and make a little bit of a, a turnaround and a run here. All right, Morgan Morning Football. What do you think of the Bengals so far, Kyle? Good, impressive, exciting, young, flashy. I think we learned a lot about the Bengals and Joe Burrow at their worst moment of the season. Joe Burrow, as we know, in a loss to the Bears, threw three straight interceptions on three straight passes. I really, you would think something that is, has that ever happened before? When's the last time? It's actually kind of a cool list of guys who have done that. Ryan Fitzpatrick is on it. Guys like Neil O'Donnell, Aaron Brooks. It's happened many times. And it's like, all right, you throw a pick, fine. You come back in the next throw and you're trying to make up for it or you're mad, throw a second. You can't throw a third. And yet, after you throw a third, you're compl- you're trending. The people are saying, Nathan Peterman, you're embarrassed. You're on the road. You're getting your head kicked in. On the next drive, meaning the one he would have thrown four, threw a 42-yard touchdown to Chase and almost stole that game from right under the Bears' noses. I think we learned a lot about Burrow. Not only we've seen him throw six touchdowns in a game, in a college game, we've seen him get hurt. The way that he threw three straight and could have been completely embarrassed and gone into a hole, came back like that, I don't think anything shakes him. And I think we'll see this tomorrow night. Yeah, um, I, I think good teams have to stack wins. And so it would be great to see them go 3-1 and one in the first quarter of the season yep. and just see them keep building. So um, as long as they just keep getting better week in and week out, you know, let, let's see what happens. Yeah, let's see what happens. I, you know, and for the Bengals... Marvin Lewis, they would go to the playoffs every year. They would yeah. lose in the playoffs every year. Every year. It's like Dalton. this like loser mentality. Like, we're not going to – maybe it's different now. Maybe Zach Taylor comes in and it's different. And Zach has taken his lumps in the first two seasons. It's been Andy Dalton, then Ryan Finley. Then last year there was Brandon Allen. Like, they went through all these different guys. They found their guy in Burrow. And I think Zach, in year three, we're starting to see what his teams are. And they're really, really well coached on offense. And the defense is coming along. And it's holding its own as well. I don't know. I mean, the Bengals, they don't have the facilities of other teams, like the Ravens or the Seahawks or maybe even the Giants here in New York. Like They don't have some of the things other teams do just by the nature of being the Bengals, and yet they have the players. They look really good. If they stay healthy, this team on offense is going to put up points with anybody, and I think the coaching is really strong. You said that even when he came in, when they weren't winning or competitive, they didn't have Jamar Chase yet, he came in like changed little things in the organization, right? Like little cultural things. Zach Taylor, what did he bring to the spot? He brought a professionalism that he took from maybe what was going on from the Rams that he took with him. Like, yeah. hey, here's how McVay does it. I'm going to put my spin on it. But his father-in-law is Mike Sherman, the old NFL coach. Like, mm. he's from like a coaching he's world. He's married to Mike Sherman's daughter. Yes, he is. And it's mm. like he's just coaching football is all he's ever wanted to oh. do. Zach played in the NFL. Obviously, he was in the combine and then was a big 12 player of the year and like brings that player's mentality. But also, coach doesn't have to be draconian. Like, I'm going to tell you that you're going to do these suicides for yeah. my team. You're going to run this way. It's almost like, let's do this together. Let's build this together. And I think Joe Burrow has taken a lot mm. from that. Earlier in the show, I talked about Joe Mixon 
the chemistry between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, the offensive line looking better than even what I thought it was going to look like. I was really excited about this team. The thing that's, and I'm not surprised that they're crushing it to start the season. The defense is really surprising me in an impressive way. You mentioned it a little bit, Shrakes, but if you were to ask me who leads the league in interceptions, I would say Tredavious White maybe, like a Marlon Humphrey, obviously Jalen Ramsey out there in L.A. No, it's this guy. I want to introduce you guys to someone who has three interceptions in the National Football League. His name is Logan Wilson. He is a linebacker. <laughs> three picks guy. already. He is tied with um, Diggs for the most in the NFL. The Bengals defense as a whole was ranked sixth in the NFL right now. Wilson's a big reason why. In addition to all those picks, guys, he's sixth in the league in tackles, too. This is a third-round pick out of where? Wyoming, where he was a multiple All-Mountain West selection along Josh Allen. So we see you, Logan Wilson. A lot of love for the offense, but let's not forget what the defense is doing, and you'll see it on full display tomorrow night. Do not forget to watch Joe Burrow and the Bengals take on Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. I mean, Trevor Lawrence might throw an interception to this kid, and you can see it right here. Wilson Island. Uh, Wilson Island on (laughs) NFL Network. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world. To bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Good morning, football! 
old trapper beef jerky welcoming you into the third hour of good morning football that's trevor lawrence taking number one. Oh wait he was two joe burrow this will be fun jags at Bengals. it is kicking off week four right here on nfl network 8 p.m eastern yep trevor lawrence making his primetime debut looking to bounce back and do something for that squad 8 p.m on NFL Network and streaming on the NFL app where you can see us. Thanks for choosing us this morning. We are Good Morning Football. Peter Schrager, Kyle Brandt, that's Golden Tate. My name is Kay Adams. We have a lot to get to this hour. Uh, we're going to talk about the Steelers. we got Which Guy Wednesday. Let us know what you want to talk about at GMFB as we hit the lead block. Lead block. And welcome in Ian Rappaport. Ian, let's start with the Bucks. Are they getting help in their secondary? Big game this week. Big-time help in the secondary for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The biggest name free agent still around five-time Pro Bowler Richard Sherman has officially signed, according to a source, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The original source, who said he was intending to sign with the Bucs, was Sherman himself. He announced this deal on his new podcast with PFF, I believe. I listened to a little bit of it. It sounded good, and he gave some details about what led to this. First of all, we knew he flew from Seattle uh, to Tampa Bay yesterday. Uh, He also had conversations with the San Francisco 49ers. He had conversations with his former hometown Seattle Seahawks. But this really was the place. And clearly, by Sherman getting on the plane, we knew this was a done deal. And, of course, there was a little recruiting along the way. The Tampa Bay Bucs staff, he had conversations with the front office. Sherman serves as his own agent. But maybe just a recruiting call from Tom Brady himself ended up sealing this deal now officially official, he's going to play for the Bucs. Uh, potentially makes his debut against the New England Patriots this weekend in what is already a big-time game. And this is all crazy, by the way, because Richard Sherman, the whole thing of Richard Sherman started with you mad, bro, with him coming at Tom Brady on the field when the Seahawks played the Patriots. Now nobody's mad because they're on the same team. The circle of Tom Brady. Those things are bound to happen when you play in the NFL for 20-something years. Thank you so much, Ian Rappaport. Talk to you in a bit. And, yes, this is it. This is the game that we've been talking about all offseason, the matchup that we were super excited for the schedule release to be announced. Week four, Tom Brady heading back up to Foxborough to take on the Patriots, to revisit Bill Belichick and all of it. Our reporters are on the ground and covering both squads early this week. Sarah Walsh with the Buccaneers, of course. Mike Giardi with the Patriots. We are pumped for this game. Sarah, let's start with you. What is Bruce Arians saying ahead of what, even if they want to pretend it's not a huge matchup, a huge matchup? Well, Bruce Arians is saying for 98% of this team, okay, this is just another road game and they need another road win, especially after what happened last week. But he did concede for two guys, this is huge. He said it's going to be the biggest story nationally. This Bucs team understands that. And they are going into Foxborough not fully healthy. We saw Rob Gronkowski, one of the two guys this is a huge game for, take a really tough hit against the Rams. This is a banged-up team. We'll know more after today. Some of the injury issues, JPP, we don't know his status. Antonio Brown still on the COVID list. And, of course, there's been the situation at corner, which we believe is now going to be rectified by Richard Sherman. Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times is reporting just moments ago that as soon as he signs, he's expected to be here at practice today and is expected to play on Sunday in Foxborough. As for Tom Brady, well, look, yes, he'd like to take it to his old coach, but there's something nice he can do for his current coach. This is Tom Brady's day on Sunday, but it is Bruce Arians who will turn 69 on Sunday. Now to Mike Giardi in Foxborough. 
Yeah, Sarah, the Patriots, they aren't wanting to talk about Tom Brady too much right now. They want to talk about themselves and how poorly they played Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. In fact, in talking to players yesterday, no one really wanted to go into Brady. They just said, we have to look inward. We have to find the things that we're doing wrong and quickly correct them because this season is already starting off on the wrong track at one and two with two games they felt like on the schedule were winnable in the Dolphins and, of course, the Saints last weekend. And then when you talk about the game with Tom Brady and the Bucks, the weapons that Tampa has means the point total is probably going to be high no matter what the Patriots do. So can their offense get into the high 20s? Right now, the answer would be no because they're not protecting Mac Jones. He's been hit 28 times in the first three games this season. That is bottom five in the league or top five, whichever way you want to look at it. And I asked Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator, you know, how is he feeling about this? What's his concern level? And he said, look, I never want our quarterbacks to get hurt. There are plenty of things that go into this, but right now clearly the offensive line in particular not playing well enough, Kay, to protect Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback with a running game that, by the way, was supposed to be good as well, was not in week three. At least not in week three. They started the season pretty hot on the ground, of course. The body language from the rookie quarterback, not great. Hopefully that improves in time for their Sunday night matchup, which I'll see you at, Mike Giardi. I will be there, and I will bring the Twistlers. Yes. Thank you so much to Mike with the Patriots. <laughs> Sarah Walsh covering the Buccaneers, the defending champs. It's a big one, and the hype, and we'll talk to you two later. The hype's just insane. It's gone through the roof. We've been pumping it up, uh, and we're just days away. So three weeks in, who does this epic Buccaneers-Pats matchup mean more to Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? Mm-hmm. I think about Brady, and he was the sixth quarterback taken in the night in the 2000 draft, and he remembers all those players, and it still affects him today, and it still drives him today. And I think about this man and, and, and never wanting to have anything but his own legacy be the determining factor of how things were left, and him having rewritten history so many times, and I just I don't like the way things ended for him in Foxborough. Mm-hmm. And I go back to that playoff game two years ago, when he's going up against Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans, a team that was on a nice little run here, and Brady's last pass as a Patriot in Foxborough, a pick six to Logan Ryan, a former teammate, no less, who brought it in and very sickly ended Brady's time as a Patriot. It's such a weird ending for Brady. I thought for sure they would win this game and then Brady might even catch some heat and go on and do something in Baltimore the following week if that's where they were headed or whatever it was going to be. I, I, it's a, that's how his, to me, Brady wants to get that last word and the stench of that season and that era and that time ending in Foxborough that way, I think it's still sits with him. And he might look at it and watch the show and Tom would say, are you kidding? I just won a Super Bowl last year. I don't, no, I, I think, think I you're can. right. I don't think he likes the fact that his last pass in Foxborough in front of those fans was a pick six to a team, the 2020 Titans or 2019 Titans that did go to the AC Championship game, but were not necessarily world beaters that year. It wasn't against Manning. It wasn't against Mahomes. It wasn't against one of the great defenses of all time. His final pass as a Patriot was a pick six against the Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans in the rain on a Saturday night playoff game. It's weird. Yep. I think Brady wants to get a last laugh here. Brady wants to get a last feel, and Brady wants to get a last pass that he wants to look back on and say, that's how I ended things in Fox. Does it mean more? So it means more to Tom Brady. I think it does. You think it does? It was supposed to be he waves as he walks off winning the title game and the Super Bowl and all that. What you're talking about, like, let's not put too fine a point on it. There's massive egos are involved here, too. Like, the Belichick ego, the Brady ego. Is Bill Belichick the greatest coach of all time? Because he gets talked about. The greatest coach in team sports history. He's not getting compared to Don Shula anymore. He gets compared to John Wooden and Red Auerbach. Is he the greatest coach of all time, or is he a really good coach who found a Powerball ticket in the sixth round of the draft and rode that thing for 20 years? I don't know. We, might, we may go a step towards finding out in this game because 
Bill Belichick as a head coach without Tom Brady, number 12. With Tom Brady, a 3,064 without, 62 and 74, sub 500. Without Tom Brady, New England, 26 and 30. They lost that Mo Lewis game that Brady came in. They were 0-2 to start that season because they lost the week before without Tom Brady. Then Brady comes in and they start winning. Of course, Belichick is a great football coach. But are we pumping the brakes on this greatness stuff because actually Brady is the greatest? Would Phil Jackson have taken some just random Hornets teams or Nuggets teams to the the finals? Or is because he always said Kobe and Jordan? I don't know. But I think Belichick wants this one bad. If you have enough ego to name your boat after how many championship rings you've won, which I respect, you got to beat this guy. If Tom Brady comes in and wins 41 to 10 and just waves and everybody worships him and Belichick's yesterday's news, I don't know. I think Belichick wants it bad and all this fake modesty is BS. Huge ego, huge stakes. Yeah, you guys make two great points, and it has me, like, pondering over here. But, um, <laughs> it could be rough. I, I think it's, it's got to be Belichick. Okay. I mean, for a, a couple reasons. I mean, this could be one of the only things he hangs his hat on this year for sure. And a team win, it would be just great for the team. I mean, maybe get some going. Um, but, you know, it, I just feel like... When the Patriots beat him, and at the center field, Bill Belichick's like, yeah, I still know how to beat you, okay? Just, mm-hmm. just know that, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I know how to do it. And so it's going to be a, the ultimate chess match, I feel like. And it's going to be fun to watch. But at the end of the day, like, Tom Brady's secured his legacy when he played in New He's England vindicated. for 34, 35 years, yeah. it seems like. And then went to a team the next year and wins a Super Bowl right away after being in one uniform for a long time. He secured his legacy, which to me is like, all right, yeah. well, we know the answer to this question. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, you know, if, if he hadn't won a championship last year, we would have been like, okay, well, who needs who? Does Brady, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does Brady <laughs> need Bill or does mm-hmm. Bill need Brady? Mm-hmm. Question we, is done. We, it's, it's answered. Damn right it's it is. answered. We just want a good game right now. Mm-hmm. We but, want to see Tom Brady play his last game in Foxborough and light it up. And Bill just wants to but win. But it does somewhere. change. Something that can happen in this game can change how we look at it. Like, you're talking about egos. We're talking about personally who wants it more, who is it more important to between Bill and Tom. But public perception is another little intriguing angle to this. Like, how we look mm-hmm. at these guys will change. Like, Tom might, Tom goes in and loses this game. We're not taking anything away from Tom. Mm-mm. Bill loses this game. This is a one-and-two team that's going to miss the postseason, mm-hmm. potentially, for two years in a row with Bill Belichick. So I think if... If we, I just don't even know if Bill cares about public perception. Mm. You're talking about his ego, why he wants this win. Tom has come out time. I want to be talked about like one of the greats. I didn't get talked about like this. I didn't feel this way. I should be. I'm the best. I'm the best. And but Bill's not. I've never. Heard, does Bill even care? Does Bill care about what any of us think of Bill? Because that sort of does. I really do think drive Tom Brady in a way. It drives. 99.9% of people that way. I don't know what even motivates Bill to name his boat that. I think it's all for him. Mm-hmm. And I think he does want it for him. Public perception-wise, Bill needs this game. Mm-hmm. There's Obviously. a very loaded word that is one step above public perception, and it's legacy, and we talk yeah. about it all the time. You know, According Belichick can be the, the, the monotone guy in the media. They bring him out before the Super Bowl a few years ago, and it's all the Super Bowl champs in these burgundy jackets, and he comes out with two fists full of rings and smiles and put them towards the camera. This is no shrinking violet. Oh, I'm just about ball. Like, he is very much a fan of himself. He just doesn't put it that way. And if he gets hammered this way, I think it'll be tough for him. I really do. I do think he personally would love to beat Tom Brady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both personally want to beat each other, probably equally competitive-wise. How uh, Does the Pats winning this one, what does it do for the gap 
um, as between like Bill and Tom and that. What does it do for that? If the Pats, it's a, nice, up, it's a nice win on the Belichick side of that uh, that chalkboard. If you put it up and you've got Brady wins and Belichick wins, this one counts. I think it would be a big deal. I think it's like if he schemes them up like they did the Rams in that first Super Bowl, yeah. and Warner and Falker just getting rocked, and it's so obviously or the Rams coaching. second Super Bowl, with yeah, often McVay when he yeah. just undresses it. If he does that to Brady, like, I know that would be the one. Then we got a whole different ball game. <laughs> now we got Richard. I think Sherman. it goes a little bit deeper than that, though. You I do? Mean, what do you got? I think if the Pats beat him and Tom Brady still lights it up, it's like okay, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. if the Pats beat him and Tom Brady throws two, three picks, yeah, 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 that's then massive. then as Belichick, I'm like. Son, I know how to beat you, okay? So I know you, how so to beat you. You're, you're doing what Eli did the other night. Will that silence doubters of Bill Belichick or people who are making those? I think it would be massive. Yeah. I think how this season plays, how the Mac Jones phase plays out will say a lot about Belichick because, damn, if he starts winning East, you know, conference titles and things like that with this kid, that's massive. Golden, great job. Golden Tate, let's Thank go, you. man! Thank you. Great Thank job. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My home will see you Good hang. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love. Online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.